Now, I want you to think back to when you were at school. Okay, for some of you, that's not very hard because you go, I'm going to be there tomorrow and I'm trying to forget that. For some of you, it might be only a little while ago. So you go, oh, I was at school not long ago. For some of you, it might be um, what we refer to in our history books as ancient history. Um, and so, um, see, the kids today, like they, like, they would read about you in their history books. Like, oh, when they went to school, um, like they had to sort of scrape stuff into stone to write. So, like, um, I don't know if some of you were there like quite then, but, but the thing is, one of the things at school, when, well, again, I can only relate it to me, and I'm probably working with young people, that when we are young people, like, we, we, we like to sort of see ourselves being unique. I, I want to sort of, sort of be different. I want to be individual. And we, what we learn to be individual like, we watch what other people are doing, and I'm going to be an individual by copying other people. That's what we end up doing. I remember it very clearly at school that like people would go, oh, I'm going to get my ears pierced or this done. And they go, oh, I'm going to do that as well. And I'm going to be an individual just like you. And then you actually have groups of people. Like we'd have different groups around the school. We'd, we'd have um, people that were like like who all the ties all the time because they were sort of in leadership around the school you'd have other people that were always doing sport and they always dressed in the sports uniform and and so they did that but then you have those those kids who go you know we don't want to fit in with society we want to be different we want to sort of be sort of countercultural in what we do and so basically, they would wear dark clothes. They would wear dark makeup. They may have excess earrings. They might grow their hair long and hang it in their face. Um, they, even some, a lot of the friends I had that would sort of fit into that group, they would wear long coats that were ridiculously hot to wear. But they'd wear them all the time. But what would end up happening is that group of people almost looked identical to each other. So even in their desire to be different, even in their desire to be unique and countercultural, they became uniform. And in that, we, we see, I suppose, there is a, I suppose a, a confusion that comes when we use the word unity at times because I suppose most of the time we as people are attracted to and want to spend time with people that have similar stuff in life, like similar, we want to eat similar food. Like there, there have been times, and I've, I've probably shared this story a lot, there is some of the Fijian food that is fantastic. I love it. And when Tia was here with us, that she'd also cook up this fish head soup, and I could never get past that because for me, a fish head was what I'd throw in a basket to throw in the water to catch bait. That's what a fish head was to me. And when there was a fish head sitting in the soup looking at me with the eyeball, it kind of went, no, that's not for me. All the other food was fine. But like, but that's the thing, like if, if we all did it the same, if we all had food the same, we wouldn't enjoy the variety of food. Some of you may have grown up having meat and three veg every single day. That was what you did. Maybe change the veggies here and there, but it was meat and three veg, meat and three veg. Some of you grew up having maybe rice every day. That's what well, your culture was. It was rice every day. And you, and the thing is, one of the great things about Australia, because of the difference that we have, 
we get to, like, you can have takeout night. What do you want tonight? Oh, do you want Italian, Indian, um, Chinese, like Korean? You can just go through a list and go, um, you, you can go Domino's, even though I've heard Domino's has actually shut up shop in Italy because their pizza's not good enough for Italy, where it came from. So, um, but that, that's an aside. But the thing is, we, we have such a difference to choose from. And so when we come to this idea of unity, we've got to make sure that we are not just looking at being the same as everyone else. I'm going to get to that point in a bit. But last week we, we, we kicked off this series and we, what did we learn about, what did you learn about yourself last week? You are a, okay, Tony's a masterpiece. I'm not sure about the rest of you because yeah, that, was, that was the whole lesson. You are a masterpiece, okay? So, work in progress. Well, God actually, God actually says you're a masterpiece in progress. That's how He puts it. Um, but the thing is, like, so don't go home today and go. Do you know what I learned at church today? Tony's a masterpiece. You are all a masterpiece, okay? That's what you got to. And who else is a masterpiece? Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. That's. Very nice of you, but but everyone else around you, like it's that's we've got to take those two ideas and put them together. I'm a masterpiece. God has made something fantastic when He has put me together, when He has saved me, when He's redeemed me, when He's put me on the path that He has for me. God is doing something amazing. But then I look around at the people around me, and God is doing exactly the same for them. And then God has actually brought us together. And so with those thought processes, all of a sudden we understand our value. We understand the value of others around us and all of a sudden we, we, we take on the heart of Christ and go, oh, well, in that attitude, I want to serve with and I want to serve those who are masterpieces of God. And when we're a masterpiece, what we realize is that we, we, are, we are made to do something good. We, we shared the examples that if you had the Mona Lisa at your house, you wouldn't use it to line the bottom of your birdcage, would you? You wouldn't do that. You would have it up on a wall. If I had it, I'd probably sell it, like because then I'd have I'd have some I'd have something of greater value then. But but that's just an aside. But the thing is, you don't you don't waste things of great value. And if you are of great value, we've got to remember that we're, let's live that way. So today we're going to be looking at we're going to be moving that idea, knowing that we are masterpieces. God is actually intentionally brought people together to call his church so they can move and serve together. And the thing is, when we, when we look at that, we, I've been talking about this a little bit. There's this idea, I'm not sure if I'm going to hear this word right, but homogeneity, which means we, we want everything to be the same. Like I, I suppose when you, go to, when you go to the grocery store, you want all the bananas with the bananas. You don't want a fruit salad and they're going, oh, and having to search through. So in times it works well. But at times in church, we kind of go, we want everything to be the same. We want everything to be the way that I want it. And so therefore, I want people around me that want the same thing. And so I've seen the problems in churches with that because all of a sudden we go, well, we want, we want the color that we want. We want the chairs that make us comfortable. We want the music that we want. And everything else doesn't fit into that. You imagine 
seeing what you saw during the notices and some of the photos of what happened on Friday night, you imagine if all the ministries had to be exactly the same. So you imagine we did a super soaker night on Friday night, men's breakfast. Instead of being sitting around having a breakfast, we would have had to do a super soaker morning in the morning and ours this coming week would have to be a super soaker one. Um, it wouldn't have worked on all the games, but like... Um, but the thing is, we, we don't. We, we do act in different ways. And the same way in the coming weeks we'll do our kids' club, the way we do that will be different again to how we do different things. And so that difference is not wrong. It's actually beneficial in what we're doing. And so we've actually got to get to the point where we see that there is a problem with uniformity. If everything is the same, there is a limit to what we can do. And when Paul uses that example of the body, what would happen if everything was uniformed? Okay, it wouldn't work. If everyone was a foot, it wouldn't work. If everyone was a mouthpiece, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be able, if everyone was an eye, we could see all the problems, we wouldn't be able to complain about them, and we wouldn't be able to do anything about them. You see, see, Paul actually uses this great example of everything is uniformed, exactly the same. You limit or you basically reduce almost to nothingness the ability to do something. And so when we come together as a church, we're not wanting each one of us to serve in the same way or think in the same way. It is a benefit when we bring different experiences in, both of a, a, like I suppose, a personal nature or a spiritual nature. It adds to the collective whole. It is great when we have different giftings. And so it is great when you realize that you aren't good at some stuff, but other people are. Because all of a sudden, as a body, we then go, hey, I can rely on you for that. I can rely on you for that. And I can rely, and you can rely on me for these things. And so all of a sudden, the body starts working well together. Um, when we are uniformed, it doesn't add life or strength. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, I think uh, Warren Wasserby basically said, unity without diversity would produce uniformity, and uniformity tends to produce death. Life is a balance between unity and diversity, as a, and a human body weakens, its systems slow down, and everything becomes um, more uniform. The ultimate, of course, is when the body itself turns to dust. So when the body is ultimately uniformed, it is no longer a body. It is no longer working. Uniformity tends to lead to death. And that's the thing. I'm, 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 I, I have to say I'm, I'm quite blessed as a pastor of this church. We, we, we are not all uniform. You all have your own weirdness that you bring and join with my weirdness. It's great. Like we have different things that happen. We have different people who have got different personalities that all come together to make our church. And so we, we, have, we are blessed to be here, but we want to make sure that continues. We don't want to become, I don't want you all to become more like me. Um, I don't want that. Um, I, I I try and see the pluses of that, but I, I know myself and I, I know all the negatives that will come if you all become like me. And so as a church, we need to hold on to our diversity, in fact, encourage it. 
So if you're taking down notes, here's something you can put down. We are not stronger when we are all the same. We are stronger when we are all different. Or maybe this way. When we are all together different, we are more than the sum of our parts. Hey, think about it this way. Who, who likes cooking? Put up your hand if you like cooking. If you're cooking a cake and you put all the ingredients on the bench, do you have a cake? Like you, you, if you eat all those elements individually, I'm going to have a spoonful of flour. That's delightful. Spoonful of sugar. Ooh, bit of a buzz. Raw egg. Yeah, not so good. And we don't eat a cake that way, do we? We we eat a cake when all those different things are merged together. Think about it um, for the mechanics out there. I don't think we've got our mechanics here today. But but the thing is, if you pull apart your engine and put all the pieces in a line, is that an engine? No, it's parts of an engine. It can't do anything that an engine is meant to do until it is all together in the car with the key, uh, the ignition on and driving along. And so we, we are like the church like that. We could see ourselves all as individual and go, we can draw our little square in the, on, us, on the life of the church and say, this is the bit of the church I will influence. This is the bit of the church I will do something about. This is how I'll serve and nothing more. And I will define it as my individual responsibility. And what, what this, this idea is, is commenting on is the fact that as individuals that way, we do less than we can when we all come together. And so we are greater together. We are, we are more than the sum of our parts. We are able to achieve more. We're able to grow more. We're able to do that. And so in that, I want to have a little bit of a, a closer look at the letter of the, to the Corinthians. So this is a letter from Paul written to a, uh, a group of Jesus followers in a town where it was very tough to be a Jesus follower. Um, it was a very multicultural town. Um, a lot of the other religious and spiritual practices actually brought a lot of income into this place. Uh, and so they would have temple worship and, and different things, which, again, brought in greed, but also brought in immoral practices. And the church, the church at Corinth at times, it did have some struggles because it was at times adopting some of the practices of those around it. But it was a difficult place to be a Christ follower. A very diverse city. People from all over the Roman Empire lived there. So you had the Jews, you had the Greeks, you had the Gauls, which were from France and Spain, you had Germanic tribes, Africans, slaves, free. Ex-military were there, those who were conquered by the military. You imagine them in the church together. People over here, I conquered your country last year. Let's have some fellowship lunch together. Like it may not have been a really good place to, to catch up. Many religious backgrounds and many socioeconomic backgrounds. It was a diverse place. Um, and they didn't all get along. There was so, they were so different. And the church in Corinth, the community of Jesus followers, reflected that same diversity of the community. And that would mean that sometimes the church didn't get along that well because they carried those things that kept them apart into the church. But the difference and the friction weren't simply limited to race, culture, economics, and social status. Some of the friction was caused by the fact that different people had different gifts and different roles in the church. And they actually went, well, I'm more special 
because I have those different roles. And Paul, some were obvious, some were leaders, teachers and preachers, some were behind the scenes, and, and, and like some had hospitality, service, encouragement. And it, it probably raised this question where our, our human inclination jumps in here when we kind of go, we're defined by what we do in the church and that the question comes to mind, how important am I? And that becomes the new battleground. And just like many of us today, we, we begin to look at each other and even we can look at ourselves and assign value based on how obvious and out front and how desirable certain gifts are. I can admit, when I was very young and very immature, like when I first started doing spiritual gifts tests, I quite, and I've got the coolest gift set. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And I... I, I I'm not overemphasizing that. I thought like, oh, God God has made me more special. And so if God has given me a greater jobs to do. But I didn't. what I didn't realize at the time is that how much I devalued other people in that situation. I, I thought because God has given me these responsibilities, he, he hasn't called them as hard or as much or they're not walking as close to God. It, was, it wasn't a, a conscious thought process. But what I realized was that there is... What I realized looking back at it is that I was undervaluing people around me. Now, we do this all, all over our culture today. Think about it. We, we see a CEO is more important than someone that works out in the same company in the bush. Or a regional manager is more important than a store manager. A store manager is more important than a janitor. The principal is more important than the teacher, or the teacher is more important than the the um um the teacher aide. The teacher aide is more important than the lunch lady or the tuck shop person. Sadly, it is our nature to look at the difference and determine some to be better than others, and then pursue the more important positions and to dismiss those in the less important ones. We undervalue them, and this attitude can carry over into the church. I mean. We, we have people that send up the front here. And, and so those people are seen by more of you. Like you all look at them and, and they look out at you, but there's a huge group of people out there compared to maybe the three to five people that stand up here. And straight away, you can assign, you can assign more value to them. They can assign more value to themselves. And that can be the, the habit that happens. So basically, Paul was writing to address this wrong idea of associating wrong value to different things. This little community of Jesus followers is struggling with this whole difference thing and the whole who's more important issue as Paul writes this letter and he begins to explain the power of difference, the value of difference. Paul understands those differences don't divide us. Those differences, if we allow Jesus to have his way in the middle of that, bring us together as one and make us stronger. Paul understood that when we are all together different, we are more than the sum of our parts. And this is why he can say this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14, just as a body, though, though one has many parts, but all its many parts perform um, as one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, even as the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And helping them work through their differences, he goes to 
one of the best examples from everyday life he can find and someone, something that we can all relate to, the, the human body. And in that, we see the importance of the whole body. Now, as you, and this is the thing, I'm, 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 I feel I am getting older and so all of a sudden, some of those body, bodily complaints that you have start to stand out a bit. And a few years ago, um, my, my right, well, actually it started with my left shoulder and then my right shoulder decided to take over. And it was, it was very uncomfortable. Like going to the physio, it would wake me up at night because of the pain. I had to be very careful lifting things. I had to like position myself properly. And, and I noticed when one part of my body wasn't working well, it, it really stood out. It actually impacted a lot of things that I did. It was only one part of my body, but the pain that that one part of my body felt actually had this ongoing impact. And, and for some of you, like it doesn't take too long to realize that like, um, yeah, if you've kicked a piece of furniture in the dark, that that little toe, even though it's a small part of your body, it actually affects the rest of you. If you have a sore throat, if you have a like um, a blocked nose, all of a sudden everything is affected. And this is where we need ourselves to see ourselves as made up of many parts, but we all are part of this whole body. And because of that, we all have a role to play. So now just imagine you give yourself a body part. Like just say, this, this is the body part that I am. Don't need to yell it out, just, just for your own imagination. You imagine if that body part, like imagine you inserting, say you're an ear and you put, you say, okay, I'm an ear, I'm an ear in the church and I'm going to sort of, what would happen if my ear was blocked, I couldn't hear, or my ear was had an infection and it was painful? Imagine you in that position that your role in the church that, you're not functioning that as well as maybe you should be. Maybe there's, there's pain. Maybe there's healing. Maybe there's growth that needs to happen. And you need to get to a point where you go, okay, if I'm not doing that part for the whole body, the body will suffer. And so and the, the body may sort of get used to it. That was one thing I realized is that you get used to pain. Anyone sort of living with pain at the moment, you do get used to it. Um, and, and it's amazed me when I've had, I've had issues that have caused pain. When it goes away, all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's not there anymore. I've had that for this, this year or, or whatever, and it's no longer there anymore. And you go, oh, that's quite a relief. But sometimes we learn to live with it. So the same would be true for the church. Sometimes we learn to live with the things that may not be functioning well. Like maybe, maybe we're all trying to do our own thing in the church. And I just, Maybe sometimes that's what, like, maybe if you've, you've, you've got a stomach complaint, that's what it feels like. Your body's wanting to do all its own thing. Your, your, your stomach's not wanting to work with, with anything else. You know, like it, it just doesn't want to work together. And it, it causes more discomfort. And so in that, what we have to realize is that of the significant value of every part of our body. The significant value, except maybe the appendix, because they can take that out and doesn't seem to do anything. So if you are the appendix, I'm sorry, we can't use you or we can get rid of you, but none of you are appendixes. Um, so, um, but, but when it comes to the body, every bit is valuable. Every bit is significant. 
And so I would hate for you when you sort of say, what role is my, my role in the church? Is that I'm, I, I only do this in the church. I only do this. I only help out in the Sunday school. I, I only help out at morning tea. Or I only help out every now and again doing this in the church. It doesn't matter if you're only serving in one way. You are an essential part to the body. And the same token, there are no members of the local community of Jesus who are indispensable. It doesn't matter if you're a musician, a pastor, um, a leader in a different ministry. You are simply one part of the whole body. One thing I've learned over the years when, when people have stepped away from leadership or people have even stepped away from the church and I've stressed about God, how do we fill this space? Well, God fills the space. And so even though I may miss people that step down from different roles, I may miss um, that what they added to the church, I've learned that God does supply more people. Because why? It's God's body. God wants to make sure the body is working well. Um, and so Paul sums it up in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you are part of it. Each one of you are part of it. If you are coming here, if you are part of, of this body, and I'm not saying you are, have got 99% attendance to church. That's not church. That's this hour of a Sunday. Our church goes way beyond that. Our church is people praying for one another. Our church is people sharing their faith with their friends at school or friends at work. Our church is people visiting one another and encouraging them and uplifting them. Our church is us meeting in, in, in specified small groups or unofficial small groups for the purpose of growing together with God. Our churches, our different ministries functioning for the purpose of giving God glory and introducing people to him. And you see, church goes way beyond this time. And so each one of you are part of the body of Christ. It's not saying each one of you are part of the church service. Because church still happens tomorrow and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, just so you hear that again, this is the church service. Church happens every day of the week. Don't rock up tomorrow. We're not doing another service. Okay? Don't do that. Because then we went, Pastor Keith said yesterday, church is on tomorrow. Yes, it is. Just not here. It's where you will be is where the church will be. And so we need to understand that to, we are to work as a healthy body. We collectively are the body of Christ. And you individually are each part of it. We as, the, we as a community of one are the body of Christ uh, and, and so we come together in that unity. Paul stays on the theme of a body and the church is called to be a body, the physical representation, the hands and feet of Jesus in our world. Christ is our head. We are the body. We are to move in this world. And, and it has become different over the years. I think for a long time, because Christianity was just a part, you had the world and Christianity were all kind of connected. Like people went to church, that's what they did. People went to Sunday school, that's what they did. May not have taken it on board, but that's what they did. And all of a sudden now, church at times is this thing that, or the, the body of Christ, is this thing that people go, oh, we don't need that anymore. And so if we are to be the representative of Christ in our world, we can't hide within these four walls. 
I think this is a place where we come, where we can be uplifted, we can be encouraged, we can be convicted, we can be challenged. But it is so important that the church grows outside of this place. The the church shows the light of Christ outside of this place. And we do that together. Because each one of us are part of this, of this body and each one who calls Christ their saviour, we need to realise that we don't want to be a church that is crippled and unhealthy. We need to realise that each one of us have gifts and abilities. Each one of us have skills. Each one of us have talents. Each one of us has passions. You know there are things that you are passionate about that I may not care at all about, but I'm so glad that you are passionate about. And the same is true. There are some things I love doing. Like what we did on Friday night, it was so much fun. And it, like I even was watching because um, we had five kids lined up and one of them was Jack. And I watched, Taylor was actually lined up behind Jack originally and Leanne was also behind the kids. She goes, I'm doing Jack. Um, and I went, oh, I actually get to do some family therapy and to have fun. It was great. And I, I love doing that. I love having fun with the kids. We do some really weird and gross and amazing things. And it just fits in with how my brain works. I love doing it. For some of you, you go, nah, not me. Like, it's not going to happen. I, like some of you may love the little kids and go, oh, I love being with them. And and I love them individually. Sometimes as a group, mm, maybe not as much. It's great to see people like Jim and Helen that are, are passionate about those people that are not as young. Um, and because and the thing is, sometimes as young people, we go, we, we, we have no interest in the older people. You become more interested in the older people as you approach that age, like because you're going, well, I've got to be interested in my, the people that are me. But the thing is, we are all passionate about different things. Some of you love working with your hands. Some of you like solving problems. Some of you love people. Some of you absolutely love people. If you have an opportunity to be with people, you want to be doing that. Some of you go, I couldn't think of something worse in my life. Like... Give, give me something that I can put my head into and fix. That's what I want to do. And each of those differences are great. They are fantastic. Some of you, I don't know if it's the way that you are gifted or just the way that God has shaped you, know what it is to serve without drawing any attention to yourself. And for those of you who do that, I would like to say I see it all the time. But I probably I, all I can say is I see it some of the time. For those of you who serve in the background, you are so important to this church. You are so important, and I I, I do I do capture it a bit. I I do watch things get cleaned up, and I'm I'm in the middle of in my passion talking with people and doing stuff, and going, I should be cleaning up. I should be helping out, and I'm going, but that's where they're passionate about. That's how God has made them. And all of a sudden, everything works together. And so this is, this is the big picture. We need to understand how valuable each one of us are in serving in our areas of passion, in serving with the gifts that God has given us, and, and serving and growing in that experience, because all of a sudden that enables our church to do more of the things that God wants us to do. 
a few years back, I think, it, uh, so Tessa's in grade 11 now, so she's not here, so I can talk about her. Um, it's not an embarrassing story, but Tessa, she, she was in grade six, and I was, we had a number of young people around the church, probably five to ten that we had connection with, and as a dad, I went, I want to, I want to see, I want to see something for my kids to go into, and so so that was probably what five years ago we started a youth ministry started once a month and and it's built to where it is now and and we've collected a, a team of adults and i say they're adults because they're legally over the age of 18 sometimes we're not very mature um but that's that's what our god has made us and then we've seen other things start over the past few years and it has filled little holes in our church and so I will see ladies who are getting ministered to, men who are sharing with each other, uh, young people that are doing stuff. Um, we, Our church has been so faithful over the past many years as we've run this Easter Kids Club. Some of you have helped out for every single year we've done it. Some of you have done it one year and saying, God, thank you for not calling me to this area. I'll go find another one. But bless you for helping out, but being part of the church to see all this difference happen. But God, God will want more of that. It, it does scare me that because sometimes I go, oh, I feel like I've got a handle on where the church is now. I kind of can, I can sort of, I can comprehend it now. I'm going, what happens if God decides to do something more that is beyond me? Well, God is going to bring people in that who will help out with that. And so there may be something that is burning in your heart today saying, what about this, Keith? What about this area? And I'll go, I don't know anything about that area, but it sounds like you're interested in that and we'll explore how we can serve and, and see that issue. It might be something that all of a sudden we're so, so, so defined. We want to help out people that have got um, one foot shorter than the other foot. It might, I don't know, something really u- unique or it might be like, hey, I want to help young mums or I want to help people that have lost their, their husband or wife and, and to journey through that. I want to help people that are in this situation. I want to help people here. And all of a sudden, as a church, we are loving the world in which God has given us and bringing people into his kingdom. What if everyone here used a skill, talent, gift, ability, passion to engage in serving the church and through the church serve the community? What would happen? And see, straight away, I can hear in my head, I'd, I'd, if I had these conversations with individual people, say, I can imagine some of you say, but oh, I'm not good at anything. Or oh, you couldn't use me. And that's where we go back to last week. You are a masterpiece. A masterpiece in progress, yes. And God is maybe drawing you to something brand new, but don't. Don't dismiss yourself. Don't cut yourself short because the reason you are a masterpiece is not because you have done it yourself. You are a masterpiece because God is a great artist. And that's what we each need to realize is that when God calls us to serve, we are valued in that. We need to see our value in contributing to that. If 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 we were to imagine that we all were using our gifts and talents and abilities and passions in our neighborhoods, 
and to serve our friends, I think we'd be unstoppable. I think we'd be moving as a body that would be in in this constant direction of God's hand and our feet would be going where our feet, our hand would be going where our hands are meant to go. We would be speaking the words that we need to speak. We'd be hugging the people that we need to hug. As a church, we'd be unstoppable. I would love that. I would love the fact that as we keep growing as a church, that all of a sudden we've got people coming in with needs after church and all of a sudden we've got to spend time praying with people and hearing people's stories and comforting people and encouraging people because isn't that what the church is meant to do? Because it's not, it's not about getting what I want. That's the community of me or the community of I. It is a community of us. When we are all together different, we are more than the sum of our parts. Well, I want to I wanna offer a bit of a challenge this week. I want you to challenge you to step in and find some way where you can be serving God. Now, for some of you go, oh, oh you're already doing that. That's great. Like, um, And pray about that. Pray for God to extend you in that. Pray for God to equip you for that. That's great. It may not need to be a big thing. So when I say step out and serve God, it's like not saying, okay, well, I'll preach next week. I'm not not asking you to do that. It may not be, oh, okay, I'll, I'll start a brand new ministry. It could be something simple. It could be a phone call. It could be a, a cup of coffee that you have with someone, a letter you write to someone. It could be going and filling up a, a bag full of food and, hey, I've been thinking and praying about you. I just wanted to bless you. And leave it at that. For some of you, it might be hearing someone's got a problem with their computer and going, hey, I can give you an hour of my time and I can um, fix up what you've exploded. Like, Because um, for some of us, yeah, we turn our computers on and the smoke starts coming out. And it's not because of the computer, it's because of the buttons that we're pushing. For some of you, hey, it could be working on a car to be a blessing for someone that doesn't have the money to get it fixed themselves. I've heard of a church in the States, that's one of their ministries. They're a big church, so they've got ability to do this, but they have a ministry that actually purchases run-down second-hand cars. They have a group of, of church mechanics that on their, on their time off and their volunteer time come and do up these cars and they give them to single mums so that they can get to jobs, that they can look after their families. And, I, and when I heard that, I went, two things came to mind. The first thing was, that is not a church ministry. A church ministry is singing, cleaning, kitchen, preaching, locking up, going home. And then at the same time, I thought this exact same thing. That is exactly a church ministry. That is the church being real outside this space. And for some of you, you would hate to stand in the position I am in right now. You would go anything but, like like none of the little things that they tell you when you do public speaking will work. I'm, I can't imagine people naked or in their underwear. I can't do any of it. I can't even write it out. I would prefer, if I was standing up here, for God to come and take me now. For some of you, that's what it would feel like. But put you in front of a car or put you in front of something that you love doing, all of a sudden go, 
I'm at home. And God can use that. God can so use that. And that's, hey, maybe we need to start thinking out of the box in those areas and we can be a blessing. So this week, as you're spending time with God, spend some time identifying where you are gifted, where you are skilled, where you are passionate, and pray this, God, how can you use that? How can you use it this week? How can you use it in my life to be a blessing for others? Now, again, feel free to fail. That's okay. The only disciple that has actually had a good resume was Judas. All the rest of them messed up lots. But Judas wasn't the one that continued following Jesus. Be feel, feel free to fail. And again, feel free to start something new. When we are all together, we are more than the sum of our parts. And I really want that for our church. I really want us to be people that are coming together and saying, God, use us. Use me to do this. And in partnership, I'll do this. And all of a sudden, we achieve this. We are more than the sum of our parts. And I, I'm, I thank you that you are part of our church. I am blessed by having you as part of our church. And I want to see that blessing grow as we bless others, as we bless each other, and as we follow God. Let's take some time to pray. Lord, I thank you that you have made each one of us so uniquely different. There is difference that each one of us have, and I thank you in that difference that we are able to um, to do more, to spread our sphere of influence more. And so, Lord, in doing that, I pray that um, you are able to do something new amongst us, to, to stretch us, to, to make sure each one of us are finding a way to serve you, to be a part of your body, to be at work in your body. Lord, I do pray for areas of our body that need to heal whether that's individuals or circumstances within our church, that there is your spirit needs to come in. Maybe it's grace or forgiveness need to flow. Maybe it's just your comforting work. It needs to be wrapped around people. I pray that you would heal us and make us whole as a body. I pray that we individually would come together so that we can move as one. I pray that you would highlight to us areas where we are gifted and skilled and passionate and, and you would show us a way where we can serve you and in so do serve as the church to see your kingdom grow. God, I'm excited about what you have started in this place. And I pray that you would stretch us and press us on to more so that you may be glorified, so that more people may come to know you and that your light would truly shine through us into our world. I pray this in your name. Amen.